0: This is Predictions, the podcast about our future. I'm your host Konstantin and I'm here with my brother Ingmar. Hi, today we want to talk about flying electric taxis.
1: There have been a couple of investments and new companies being founded in the recent years that are trying to solve the problem of transportation in urban areas using flying taxis, which are mostly electric helicopters or also other aircraft, small aircraft with capabilities for vertical takeoff and landing that can carry like one to four passengers over smaller distances. Constantine, I think you have an opinion on that?
0: I think there are three main things that are to solve. Yeah. So so the one is the cost. Yeah, right now a helicopter is a very expensive vehicle. If I'm building something um, that resembles a helicopter or an airplane, it's gonna be expensive. It's gonna be expensive to operate. The second one of course is range, especially if they are electric. There are fundamental problems with batteries that are very heavy. And also unlike an airplane where you continuously get rid of your fuel and the airplane gets lighter and lighter while you're flying, battery electric flying vehicle always retains its weight. So there are u- really big range problems, I think. And the third one is noise. Yeah, If if I have a vehicle that's meant to fly in an urban environment, it needs to be silent. There are, of course, multiple startups trying to solve these problems, but I always feel that between making a lot of compromises in all kinds of different directions, as soon as they get closer to reality, the kind of problem space that they're able to solve gets smaller and smaller. Uh, so we sh- we should talk today about the different kinds of approaches that there are. For example, there is this Lilium thing in Munich, the ones that you mentioned before. They got a huge investment recently from Tencent and they they have kind of a vehicle that can take off vertically, is that correct? And then they then it changes the thrust direction and it starts flying?
1: Yeah, I think it basically has some type of impeller integrated into the wings. And I think it's like 36 impellers into a main wing and another um, aerodynamic surface, <laughs> which is almost okay. like a, a rather... For a normal aircraft, and it can take off vertically and then kind of go over to airplane-like flight. I think that's the idea, at least.
0: Yeah. So an, an impeller is like a propeller that's enclosed, like in a like a tube. Uh, I
1: think so. Yeah. Maybe. I, I yes. hope I didn't misuse that word, but that's my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so so it's it, it kind of takes off vertically by blowing air to the ground, and then it changes the direction of its. Of its fans and it starts blowing out to the back and it starts flying using wings and that's of course horizontal flight is much more efficient than vertical flight and so Uh so they they want to have a huge uh, range they claim they get uh, 300 kilometers of range uh, flying 300 kilometers an hour so they claim they have about an hour of flight time um
1: but i think there are people heavily questioning that
0: (laughs) yeah so the thing hasn't flown yet i mean it has flown like two minutes Um, But it hasn't flown with a passenger in it for two minutes. And it sure as hell hasn't flown 300 kilometers.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, And there was like, uh, I I don't know if if you have read it, this this thing in in, uh, some kind of German aerospace magazine, uh, special magazine, uh, (laughs) and where they kind of presented the calculation. Just in terms of aerodynamics, how much energy do you need to lift this thing? How much energy do you need to go from vertical flight into horizontal flight? And what do you remember the numbers?
1: Uh, I I don't really, but I think what they came up with is that they're not able to sustain flight for more than three minutes or something. So so, so so it was really like it it was a difference to to what Lilian was (laughs) claiming
0: yeah so I think they came up with um, that they will use like eighty percent of the energy just for takeoff and landing because yeah. that thing is not built as a helicopter, it's built as an airplane, and if you just point your airplane engines down, it's very ineffective, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. inefficient. And so th- they they just did some assumptions about the weight of the thing, the weight of the battery pack, and they th- measure they kind of estimated uh, with very favorable terms in favor of Lillium much energy they need to take off and to land and then they have like a little bit of energy left that's enough for like one or two minutes of um gliding flight uh so yeah. so they say basically this is uh, nowhere close to happening yeah um the response by lilium was that they said they they will have higher capacity batteries
1: exactly and, and i think that this is kind of the reason why why there's such a such a huge discrepancy between what they are showing and what they are claiming to do is that they are just assuming that battery technology will advance so fast and so profoundly that at the time they're like producing this, they will be able to uh yeah have three hundred kilometers of range, which I mean it's hard for me to to assess how realistic that is, but yeah, I think I, that's that's where this comes from.
0: I don't think it's realistic. I mean, even if you get like right now the efficiency, the uh, specific energy of a lithium-ion battery is like 200 kilowatt hours per kilogram. Yeah, I hope I'm, if I'm not orders of magnitude off, then this is roughly it. It's something with 200, and, and they are saying they are working with ones that have 300. So it's a factor like a factor 1.5, and I, I don't think that gets you from from zero to so much I mean of course of course the most of energy is wasted in takeoff and landing so if they already have that covered then the remaining energy all can go into flight but also you need to have some reserves right if you fly 300 kilometers an hour if you fly 300 kilometers wide you're not always super (laughs) close to a landing pad so you can't just (laughs) (laughs) run your battery down to zero every time
1: shut off the engine and try to glide into the airport yeah but I agree I mean I try to be polite but I mean um if if you can believe what what this magazine published there, and I think it's certainly a little bit more credible than the PR speak of Lilium itself, yeah, it doesn't look like this is anywhere near realistic, right? Yeah. Um, but actually, I wanted to talk about another point you were talking about, which is the cost. And this is like I mean, the interesting thing about this new area of electric vertically taking off and landing vehicles. Mm. is that I? it feels like those companies are trying to combine many different fields of innovation that have really grown over the recent years and are trying to find out if all those technologies could be combined into creating something new. And from that point of view, it kind of makes sense because, like, of course, uh, historically, you couldn't build so t- such vehicles because it didn't make sense but there are some things that have changed for once you have electric electric propulsion in general uh becoming better yeah and the motors have become much lighter
0: the motors have become much lighter because you have stronger magnets and so you you don't have so much weight in the the electric motors they're much more powerful but also i
1: mean i i think i think the the bigger role plays that uh, batteries have become lighter as well Mm, so of course Yeah, I mean, compared to like twenty years ago, so I mean, at least it's it's interesting, and uh, the other aspect is that all of them are trying in the long run to lower the costs of flying by using autopilots, and this is actually something I find quite elegant because it's it's much easier to solve autonomy for flying vehicles than for cars, and while many people are talking about having autonomous cars. Um, maybe it could also play a role uh, for such low-distance transport.
0: Yeah, I think for an airliner, autonomy is a bit further away. Of course, they are always flying autonomous already to a far extent, especially in automatic landing. But you always want to have a pilot on board, just because it's yeah. such a such a high-risk environment and it's so far away from a place where it can land and so on. But if you have a helicopter, basically. Um, maybe not the thing that Lilium has, but if you think about another company, I think they're called Volocopter and they're building basically like a DJI Phantom in big, uh, yeah. like a drone uh, with a couple more propellers. Um, that thing you can always land relatively quickly. And so if you get into bad weather or in any unknown situation, it's usually a quick out.
1: Yeah, and also the, the, the cost savings potential in like mm. in normal commercial airplanes is much smaller because like, every, I don't know what the exact number is, but I would assume that every passenger is paying like $10 for the pilot,
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably less even. And I mean, in those kind of... Um, in Ryanair is like 10, 10 cents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in these kind of air taxis, of course, the the proportion of the pilots pay in what yeah. you pay for the actual ride would be much higher, right? It's like comparing, like if, if you go somewhere by train, like every passenger pays like half a dollar for, for 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 the train operator but if you take a taxi it's almost all of the price yeah so it makes point. much more sense economically to try to solve those short distance and small vehicles mm-hmm. uh, autonomy over completely solving autonomy of of commercial airplanes
0: yeah true true. yeah it's especially true for trains i think it's a very important point that Train conductors are not a big cost factor, yeah. um, though they are a bit of a reliability factor sometimes. So. Uh,
1: yeah, sure. But but I, I mean, it's 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 easy to to automate that, like comparably easy. Mm. But it just it really doesn't make sense. It wouldn't.
0: Mm. I mean, I it, of
1: course, it, at some point it would make sense, but the potential is not so high that you would try it at first. I would think.
0: Hmm. Yeah, 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 but I, I agree. I mean, think I think from all the three points I listed, cost savings, range, and noise. I think the cost savings are the one, the one aspect where I think I, we have to give most credit to these startups, because I think that yeah. that's where really there there is a good argument to be made that with the improvement of, and especially the the reduction in cost of microprocessors, the reduction cost of um, electronic components, the reduction cost of motors. And batteries and sp- specific energy of batteries. So the amount of energy per weight. There yeah. is a chance that that these vehicles can be manufactured more cheaply. But also, I'm thinking like like if I look at a helicopter, how much does a helicopter cost? Do I you have know? No <laughs> I've, also, I've no idea. I, I guess it's like a, like a couple a hundred million. thousand, no, half a million. Mean, yeah, yeah
1: so a small helicopter. I think a small helicopter, a two seater. Not like your your typical rescue helicopter, but a t- small private mm-hmm. helicopter, two seater. I think it's about half a
0: million. Yeah. So why why does it cost so much? Like I- I- in the end of the day, it's just a car, right? With, uh, so what what does it make expensive? And and does it does this thing that makes the helicopter expensive? Does it still apply to these new startups like Volocopter?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would think. I mean, just off the top of my head, I would assume that it's two things and mm. which are like first of all it needs to be very reliable so it's it's even harder to to develop a good helicopter than to develop a car because like mm. your safety requirements are higher and you have like the system in itself needs to have more redundancy i would assume yeah. and the other thing of course is that just just like such a niche product that you're not going to solve uh, to to sell tens of millions of it so of course it's yeah. More expensive than the Yeah, so
0: economies of scale, of course, that that's something that still applies to these startups, these uh, air taxi startups, unless yeah. they reach a huge market, which I, which they won't until they reach economies of scale. <laughs> 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 and so it's a bit of a chicken egg problem. But also, I think we will talk about noise and other things later. Um, yeah. But I I think the other argument to be made is that with electric flying vehicles you can save a lot of cost because you have more redundancy. Sorry, you can, you can increase your safety because you have more redundancy and then you have less cost in ensuring your safety. Uh, so yeah. if I have a helicopter, um, it has one motor in the center, right? It has one thing, one rotor, one axis. So these components have to be absolutely 100% reliable because if, if your rotor blade disappears, <laughs> uh, then you're kind of screwed. Now, if you yeah. look at the thing like Volocopter, uh, they have 18 rotors. And yes. what I've what I've understood from from the interviews I've I've seen with them is that they work fine even if they lose one of two of those. Yes, and yeah. then they have a bunch of redundancy also in their control system that which kind of kind of f- accepts the fact that their rotor disappears and just keeps managing the vehicle, so they don't have to actually prove that their rotors never fail. They just have to prove that they fail fail rarely enough. And even then, like, the likelihood of three of them failing at the same time is extremely low, so they just have to put yes. that. Yeah. And, and so then you need some redundancy in the battery pack and so on, but you can also achieve, Yeah. So yeah. I, I think there are fewer single points of failure in such a vehicle um, than in a helicopter. And a helicopter yeah. is also much harder to steer. And uh, so, so I just, what I'm saying is, like, it's hard to say how much of that cost, potential cost saving is really due to this technology, like what I'm, I've been talking about right now, and how much of the cost of a flying vehicle is really about uh, certification and and um, getting the approval by the, um, by the air control agencies. And it, that will also, sooner or later, apply to these other air taxi startups like Volocopter or Lilium or the other ones in the United States. And so yeah. this might drive mm-hmm. their costs up. And of course, yeah. also, in, and I think in air transport, especially also with helicopters, there is an, a factor of monopoly pricing. Mm. Yeah. So, so there are very few manufacturers of airplanes. Usually these are huge companies. And I'm sure there is a factor of five that you can get out of pricing an airplane if you have a little bit more competition, which doesn't exist because these things are extremely complex to build. So if you are able to build a less complex machine, like one of these flying taxis maybe just the fact that there is more competition in the market will drive down prices.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, talking about complexity, I would really say that like a a big helicopter, Mm. like a rescue helicopter, it's a terribly complex machine, right? Because, I mean, you need a turbine and um, you have your your rotors and the rotors are also mechanically very um, complex because they are all like their, their angle um, has to be controlled. And I mean, the, like compared to, to the Volocopter design, which maybe we should explain that, it's just uh, an 18 rotor design of, of um, rigid rotors that are, are not in any way, like you can't change their angle. Inclination. <laughs> yeah. Inclination, exactly. But you can, the only thing you can control are 18 motors and how fast they, they, they rotate. And of course, the structure is kind of big, but you just like have... 10 like, meters. Yeah, I think it's, it's comparable to a, to a large helicopter, but within this this 10 meter diameter, you have like 18 smaller rotors. And everything you have to control are the speeds of those rotors. So I could imagine that you have kind of a complexity shift from, from pure mechanics as in a helicopter yeah. to a more control and software problem. So... yeah. You know, and and there the scale is much better. So yeah. once you solve the software problem, you just copy the code basically. So that's true. I mean, I, I I don't know too much about it, but I would assume that that this is kind of an advantage of those multi-rotor approaches that the the actual mechanical structure is actually not that complicated, and the entire complexity is shifted to, um, yeah. to to software. And also, uh, coming back to your remark about noise. Maybe we should also also quickly mention that. Uh, The idea between this Volocopter design um, is also that it's less noisy. I mean, first of all, of course, it helps that it's electric, but also like a standard helicopter, I think the the rotor blades rotate so fast that uh, like on the outer side of the rotor blade, they actually are supersonic all the time.
0: Yeah, that's why you have to. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, 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 it's so I, I'm assuming, loud.
1: I'm guessing, but I'm assuming that's why you hear that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and mm. um, so this is also a nice thing about the volocopter is that because you have you have more smaller helico- uh, rotors, you can like push down the same amount of air with at lower velocities. Yeah, and yeah, I think that that helps with the noise and probably yeah. also with the efficiency. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, this
0: helicopter yeah. they're building is, of course, also much lighter than a standard helicopter because it yeah. doesn't have to carry. I mean, it has to carry batteries, which makes it heavy, <laughs> but it doesn't have to carry <laughs> engines. Yeah. And of course, they're using light built materials. And so, what you and end it's up just is,
1: small. It, it's it's just a two seater, so it's, yeah. it's really, yeah. Uh,
0: they, I think they want to increase it a bit. I assume. Just, I'm not sure. Uh, I, 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 I think it's supposed to
1: stay a two seater. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, so so in the in the beginning they are trying to like have a single passenger and a pilot, and then like in a long run, uh, the idea is to replace the pilot by an algorithm, yeah. and then you have two passengers.
0: Yeah, and basically the the idea is to imagine it like a like a huge rotor surface area with many rotors, and a small capsule hanging there and. Just from in, intuitively, it feels like this thing can be more silent because the rotors are turning less quickly because they go through a bigger area of air, as you explained. And yeah. So, so they run yeah. more slowly, and yeah. So I think also th- just the reason why we chose these two companies to discuss is because they're such opposites in terms of uh, character and, and and communication. Yeah. So we mentioned Lilium before, where we think, um, to be put it gently. They have very optimistic PR. I think Volocopter <laughs> is uh, much more conservative on what they are talking about. Um, they are promoting a range of twenty-seven kilometers. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I
1: think and
0: so. and and that that they're talking about the things that they can achieve today with the current prototype that they have. Yeah. Now, the prototype they have is a bit smaller than the vehicle they are tending to build uh, eventually. So. Maybe that the range goes up still or down. Um, but they're talking about what they have today. And so they're talking about 25, 27 kilometers of range, uh, a maximum speed of 60 kilometers per hour. Yeah, compared that to Lilium, they say they have 300 kilometers of range, uh, 300 kilometers of, per hour of speed. Um, yeah. To be fair, there are different construction models, right? The volocopter always stays in helicopter mode, whereas the Lilium uh, thing c- kind of turns into an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think Volocopter is a better, um, better study to discuss what you can do with this kind of vehicle, because uh, the data that we get from them or the data points that we have from them are more realistic.
1: Yeah, and also I, I think they they have basically demonstrated that, right? I mean, they they already registered a prototype as an ultralight uh, airplane, so it's basically yeah. right right now. It's not licensed licensed for um, commercial flight but also but only as a sport vehicle right so yeah i'm just an ultralight license so they are already able to demonstrate that range and yeah they they've already like reached some milestones and i think yeah to, to me it feels a little bit like the numbers they are putting out are a little bit more reliable and i think mm. most of them are actually demonstrated so yeah it's actually a quite an interesting case study because they are kind of at this point where they see where they can get and they still think that this is a viable business <laughs> and this is where it gets interesting
0: yeah. I mean if you talk about business uh, I think their vision of how they want to operate I don't I don't think it's super realistic Yeah. so so they're, they're, the model that they are talking about is that they are going to have a mostly point to point connections in the beginning mm. so basically one spot in the city maybe in the city center out to another spot in the city, so you could imagine maybe from the main station to the airport, like a quick connection. And yeah. so they want to run that. That that's that makes sense. That's reasonable. That's also something that exists already today in terms of a helicopter service. Yeah. So I think in New York you can go to the landing piers in in the in Manhattan City Center and then fly to the airport with a helicopter. So as a business model, I guess this works. And if they can do that with their helicopter, which is sorry their volocopter which is more silent and maybe a bit cheaper to operate i think i think that's a viable model i just mm. I, I just don't think it's going to be a mass transport uh, so they want to achieve mass transport they want to make this cheap they want to get it down on the level like a taxi uh, yeah, i think a little bit
1: more expensive so they're, they're admitting that it's going to be a little bit more expensive okay but comparable yes yeah.
0: yeah so comparable like a taxi um which is fair um, but I don't think they will be able to achieve the huge throughput that they want to achieve and that they would need to achieve to reach a price that's a bit higher than a taxi. I think it will still be quite a bit higher than a taxi. And, and so mm. I think it will remain a niche product. So the reason why I think they won't be able to achieve this high throughput is because it's still a helicopter. I mean, even if it's 10 times more silent than a normal helicopter, you don't want to have hundreds of them flying over your head every, every hour. Yeah uh, I think
1: I, I I I think they said that it's going to be three times more silent uh, whatever that means noise is logarithmic yeah I think so so yeah. that that would be uh, I have no idea quite, quite nice but but I think it's like I would assume like intuitively I would think that what they mean by it that if you uh, run three of these next to each other it sounds like a single helicopter so of course that would still be very loud right and and uh, the metaphor they're using a lot is that they want to have some type of flexible so they want to use it as some type of flexible cable car Mm -hmm. so they're actually not imagining to uh, fly with these from everywhere to everywhere like like a taxi does uh, because simply because that would be still too loud so i think they're acknowledging
0: that and also you can't land everywhere Right? yes uh, these things still course. need some place yeah exactly so, <laughs> so, just, so it's uh, not like like
1: like it's going to land in your front yard uh, because yeah first of all it's too loud and second of all it's also there's not enough, enough space to do it safely probably uh so so what they are imagining is to use it as some type of cable car and have stations at either at each end or at one of the two ends where yeah, you really have a huge throughput of passengers, and it kind of like lands on some type of, I don't know, some type of uh,
0: pad, car- carousel. Pat.
1: Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and and then people can get in, and it's really like every thirty seconds or so a new vehicle arrives, and also the batteries are switched, so they're yeah. not, they don't have to be charged <laughs> while remaining in the vehicle, and yeah, I mean it would be very noisy, right? Such a thing. <laughs> you know I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mentioned you have a cable car. Even if it's going over a valley, you have like I don't know every every thirty seconds you have a helicopter starting. Even if it's a third of the noise of a real helicopter, there better be a good reason for it. And I think it's kind of kind of a bit of a like an optimization problem, right? Can I reach a throughput that really justifies making that noise? That enough people can use? That there is support in the city for that noise? Um, yeah. I don't think there is this optimum. You know, I think if you transport three people an hour, that can be tolerated. That's called tolerated in certain cities. In Germany, there's less of a tradition to have helicopters running in a city center. Um, but if you transport 100 people an hour, even if those 100 people are huge advocates of your company, those 100 people are not going to sway public opinion that these things are, okay, 100 people an hour are more than 100 people in total population but you know where I'm going with that like I I don't I don't, I don't see the yeah. sweet spot where people are like oh yeah that makes sense I want to have this yeah, thing well, I, I, I
1: think it would also depend on the route right for example in o- Osaka in Japan we have yeah. the, the airport is like basically an artificial island in the middle of the of the bay yeah. and like if if you start somewhere at the coast and just fly over there I don't really see the problem here as long like yeah I mean of course there would be a small area of people that are a little bit disturbed but yeah yeah so so maybe there are some routes that you can do but um i mean i've i've never seen a helicopter like in person but i mean <laughs> I, I i would assume and also from their statement that it should be like three times uh, less noisy than a helicopter i can't really imagine the future whether like flying from everywhere to everywhere in the city and everybody is okay with that (laughs) it just doesn't seem so realistic also
0: i don't think it scales i mean in in berlin you have four million people living there so maybe two million of these are commuting to work every day so you have four million commutes every day do you want to have four million helicopter flights even if they're super silent i just don't see it working also in terms of uh, the number of batteries that you need to produce to, to handle that because of course flying takes much more energy than driving yeah. So yeah. I I just I don't see the 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 cost of energy storage going down enough that you really make it a mass pheno- phenomenon where like everybody uses it, and if not everybody uses it, then I don't think people want to tolerate it. And I think in cities like New York, uh, you have this kind of helicopter service to the airport for the very rich, and this also works because you have the Hudson River, right? So you yeah, land on exactly, the Hudson yeah. River bank. You take yeah. off from there it's like once or twice an hour but mostly you only disturb the people right around there and i think volocopter will do very fine uh, in that sense i think they will be able to run a couple of routes if they figure out the technical challenges and if anyone mm. does it i think i i think they will um, they will be able to run these kind of point-to-point routes and maybe this will become a service that is no longer just available to the one To the 0.1 percent, but now it's available to the top two percent or something like that. Uh, Hmm. But I think it will kind of remain in niche. I don't see it. I I don't. I I mean, if if you're going to go to the expense of building these kind of landing pads and starting pads where you like fill these volocopters and like exchange the batteries and so on, just to simulate a cable car that's very noisy, uh, why not build a cable car?
1: Yeah yeah i mean it it's it's more it's more flexible I mean that's the argument, but then on on the other side i don't, realistically it it won't be very easy to establish a new route, so just from a political standpoint it, you're probably just as inflexible as with a cable car you know
0: yeah, and also i mean if you want to go flexibly like i don't know there is like a trade show and you want to establish this connection for a couple of days, you still need to have all the infrastructure at least on one on one side. And also, yeah. I mean, if you want to have a lot of landings and takeoffs, you need to have infrastructure on both sides because you need to shuffle people in and out quickly. So you need to a huge heliport on both sides. And that's mm-hmm. not something you set up temporarily, I think.
1: Yeah,
0: I think there are kind of two challenges. So
1: the one is the energy storage, yeah. uh, which is, of course, limiting everything else. It's, it's limiting costs and it's limiting range. And... Yeah. I don't know, maybe you're very uh, optimistic and also you believe in this future where you have unlimited supply of, ener- supply of energy, then you could see that problem kind of vanishing in, in some time. But the I other thing, to to, story the noise problem, I think it's, it's a kind of more fundamental because in order to get your helicopter flying, you have to, in quotes, push down that amount of air or that mass of air per time with a certain velocity and i i don't know how much you can do about that right
0: yeah i mean in general i, th- I think just moving the air around doesn't need to be noisy um the noise is i think a different frequency than just having a, like a wind tunnel you know like you know what i mean like ju- just the airflow yeah. just the wind is, is not gonna make a, that amount of noise Uh, It's going to be prohibitive from landing in everybody's backyard, of course, but it's not going to be prohibitive from starting a landing. I think the noise is really more the rotor plates, and I think there is optimization potential. I'm actually, I'm less worried about the noise, I'm more worried about the energy, because even if, as you say, we have abundant energy, you still need to have abundant energy storage, and it still needs to be... Uh, so there is a limit, right? Like if I if I add more and more batteries to a flying vehicle, there is a set of situation where I just can't increase mm-hmm. my my distance anymore, and just adding more batteries doesn't get me any further. And so these things yeah. are limited to twenty seven kilometers, which yeah, then also limits their yeah. kind of purpose because and that kind of these kind of long t- short distance connections, you also have subways and you have buses and you have trams. I don't know, uh,
1: But I mean, they, they, they may be slower and less flexible. So mm. if it's not that that, uh, like, that expensive and if mm. it's not that noisy, I could see the case there. But
0: yeah. I think the other interesting question is, can we solve the range problem? Because like, if you could have these things flying, not just between the city center and the airport, but maybe between one city or another city, then I kind of could imagine they're a bigger market. But they're kind of like suitable for short distance air travel. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean you you already mentioned it. You have the problem that the more the more range you want to have, the more batteries you have to add, and then you run into a saturation problem. And it's it's uh, worse, and it's also faster than for petrol engine airplane or kerosene engine mm. airplane because yeah for once you you burn the fuel while you fly while i mean if you draw energy from a battery it doesn't make the energy or or the the battery lighter it just means you have to keep on carrying the dead weight and also the energy density of batteries is of course much lower than the energy density of kerosene and um, one interesting thing that has been talked about and i think there's also effort to develop this is uh, to replace the battery with a uh, with a hydrogen fuel cell Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and yeah hydrogen tank plus hydrogen fuel cell in order to produce the energy the electric energy for the motors Um, but i think uh, there it's interestingly um, because the, the the weight overhead you have from the fuel cell is so large. I think it's, it doesn't pay off for those short-range vehicles and it also only gets viable for longer ranges. So yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you need to have a certain amount of energy that you actually want to transport uh, for this fuel cell thing to pay off. Uh, if you just have small amounts and the battery is lighter, if you reach a certain saturation, like a certain tipping point, then the fuel cell becomes more efficient because adding additional hydrogen is, doesn't cost you as much weight. And hydrogen, of course, has a much higher energy density than uh, than a battery.
1: Yeah, and also af- after the reaction, so after you have recombined the hydrogen with oxygen in your fuel cell, you can just dump the water overboard, which is yeah. also helpful. But um, I think those fuel cells also have the problem that it's actually not so easy to to have the required power. So yeah. the power you need to actually lift an airplane or lift a helicopter, even. Uh, is so large that you just you need many fuel cells (laughs) loosely spoken i think and this also means that you have more mass so it's not that easy to just compare the energy density of lithium-ion batteries to the energy density of hydrogen because the mass of the entire system um, Mm. for hydrogen fuel cells is much uh, larger and you also have these power problems
0: the offset mass, basically the mass that you need to reach a certain power output. Yeah, but yeah. exactly. But, but also, like, um, if, if
1: you could just keep adding um, uh, hydrogen supply, it also means that you need more power. And that means you need, like, a larger fuel or something. So uh, I think that there's also, this also scales.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think the best way to power an airplane with renewable energy today is power to liquid. Uh, so, yeah. I, I take electricity, I create hydrogen from the electricity, then from the hydrogen, I create methane, and then I use this methane to create more complex gases. gases and then there is a process, uh, for example, I think you can use the Fischer trop process. What is it called, Fischer trops
1: I have no idea. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and
0: then there is a yeah. process that uh, gets you to having a liquid fuel like a kerosene, yeah. for example. And now you have kerosene that's created from renewable energy, so all the CO2 that will be created for burning that kerosene has actually been extracted from the atmosphere during mm-hmm. the creation of the fuel. And so it's, it's a climate-neutral, CO2-neutral fuel. Of course, then you still have um, loud <laughs> airplanes and you still have the, all the problems that you have with current airplanes, um, but yeah. you kind of fix the, fix the climate problem there. Um, this yeah. is something that's already been done like you can buy this fuel this, of course it's much 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 more expensive orders of magnitude or at least one order of magnitude more expensive than the traditional jet fuel mm-hmm. um, but at least it can burn steel beams yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
1: but I, I mean uh, again like those those. Um, uh, yeah synthetic solutions to to kerosene i think this is also very inefficient and it has other problems and i mean as you said then you're just back at helicopters with all the known uh, disadvantages so yeah yeah i mean it, it could be and i i think i i think um it's plausible that you can actually use an electric multi-copter or helicopter for such a scenario where you only transport people and a small amount of people over small distances. Mm -hmm. Um, It it sounds doable from an engineering point of view. It's just not clear if it's doable from a business point of view, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, actually, from an engineering point of view, you could also imagine like an, an electric helicopter, but it has a diesel generator on board. So instead of carrying a battery, it carries a generator and a bunch of fuel, and then it can fly for longer, like a diesel electric uh, engine. Yeah. <laughs> so that would also work. I don't think, I don't think it would be too loud because you really just have the engine there, not the rotor plates. Yeah, but mm. I think then you
1: have the hydrogen problems again.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. and I you think, can't
1: yeah. like imp- imp- impress your venture capital investors with green energy products. So yeah. That's the other advantage yeah.
0: so to summarize for you how does it how does it fit into your vision of the future? do you th- see a big role for these kind of flying taxis there and and what kind of role do you see
1: um, so i I mean I kind of believe in this future of abundant energy, <laughs> and uh, within that frame, I could imagine having like a shuttle, a single shuttle from the city center to the airport, and then this shuttle tries to fly a route that kind of avoids uh, annoying people too much, or maybe also like gains altitude very fast. And I don't know. I mean, I I could see a case there. I just don't think that it scales to like tens of thousands of people using it daily.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. I think I think the market for airport shuttle helicopter services is is something that's up for grabs for these companies and it can grow and maybe there are also other markets that then become viable maybe like island hopping services or something like that Mm, Um, but I don't think it will replace mass transit I don't think it will replace taxis Um, so it's it's not something that kind of keeps me up at night because it makes me so excited about the future it's kind of like a one percenter thing um Mm. But at the same time, I think the technology is super neat. And yeah. I think it can replace helicopters to a big extent. Also rescue helicopter operations, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Replace. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that makes it very interesting. And yeah. I, I wish I wish these companies all the best. Um, no matter which company. <laughs> um, yeah. because I think if they can succeed, that's of course a very good thing. i mean it's it's so elegant right
1: so the the last two decades brought more efficient uh, electric motors and of course better batteries and it brought artificial intelligence and maybe cars that are starting to be a little bit autonomous and also it brought innovation in um, material uh, engineering and they are all trying to combine this into making a new product. And I mean, I mm. could totally see it to be used, as you said. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I think it's very elegant because it just, yeah. it just um, combines so many uh, new technologies of the recent desic- decades. And it certainly makes sense in, in, in some respect.
0: Just one little remark there. I'm pretty sure they are not using AI for the flight algorithm. They may use AI for the like autonomous uh, f- steering, like detecting air, like detecting birds or something. But I'm sure they don't use AI to steer the helicopter. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, I mean fly. the
1: yeah, sure. I, of course, I mean the the poor position control and all that. that that's just a, a probably hardwired. That's also for regulatory requirements. I guess that's just probably just a hardwired algorithm. But like at a later stage, you maybe want to detect obstacles and. Yeah, I I could imagine it playing a role there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think we both agree that it won't save the
0: traffic problem of big cities, right? No, that's going to be something else. Yeah. Anything else to add? No, I think that's it. All right. Thank you. So (laughs) if you like this podcast, do not forget to hit the subscribe button um, or whatever podcast app you're using, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, we we are there. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and maybe leave a review. Um, but, f- but of course, only if it's a positive one. Otherwise, just send us an email. Yeah, you yeah. can also email us at mail at predictions com. We are really looking forward to your feedback, positive and negative. And yeah, we'll be crying ourselves to sleep when we hear it. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just yell at us if we said something that was terribly stupid. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: And we will apologize five minutes next time. Okay. See you next week, man. See you.